seeds with fear, my little flock, uh, you know, in the Amplified Bible, which I use a lot besides uh, just the King James and all the rest. I use them all. I use, like, many Bibles when I'm studying so I can get the full effect of what the verse is. But I did a study with my uh, Bible study group when <laughs> this, uh, my pastor said, well, it's time for you to teach. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't want to teach. I'm not good, you know. But I did a study. It's called Fear Not, Little Flock. And it's in Luke 12, chapter 12, verse 32. And I'm using Amplified version for most of you out there. I use, I use that because it's a lot easier for people to understand than just, you know, I can show everybody the King James, but this is easy, easier because it, it spells it out. Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's what I was telling Johnny I wanted to focus on, just... Just something that we can think about. You know, the things about it is, is my questions for this verse, and these are studies for me, what I question, is now he said little flock. And what does he mean by that instead of large flock or my flock? He said specifically little flock. What strikes me about the verse is that it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Just think, um, he wants that for us. I mean, my daughter, when, when she was 10, we were in Bymar. Bymart is a store up in the northwest. They sell everything. But we're in there, and uh, we found a uh, – we're walking by an electric scooter. And, uh, you know, it was 165 bucks. And, and Marin says, boy, I sure would like to have one of those. I said, yeah, but we're too poor, Marin. And we got it. And she's, like, bummed out. And we got up to the cash register, and she goes, so did you find everything you need? The cashier asked me, did you find everything you need? I said, no, I want my I want to buy my daughter that yellow electric scooter. Could you get somebody to bring it up here? He's going, you should have seen the look on her face. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And it was my good pleasure to give her that brand-new electric scooter. You know, and I wonder if that's the same way God feels about giving up. Well, I was thinking before we went on to that, is explaining a little flock first so you get more of the impact of, well, the, yeah, that was, I have that next. That's number two. And I have it all, okay. I have it all spelled out. Uh, and the category that I have it is, is first of all, we, you know, you have your father's good pleasure. I'll just read it for you. God is for you, just after you said that about your daughter, for it's almost saying it says, your father, the verse for that is Galatians 4, uh, verse 6, to understand who our father is and what it means by him, you know, for our father. And then good pleasure, this truly means good pleasure. If you want to look at good pleasure, what Johnny just talked about, that's uh, Philippians 2, verse 3. And just to answer right there before we go back to the little flock, yes, Johnny, it says this truly means that God gives and it is his pleasure to give. He does not give with motives or like a begrudging father. He freely gives. Our cups runneth over to overflowing, and it is his good pleasure to give, give, give. He delights in giving. True meaning of kingdom besides the secondary things is that he will give us the kingdom. This is the soul's end, that the blessings are beyond what can be imagined now, but it is an infinite, eternal, mutual holy energy of love and pleasure between God the Father and God the Son flowing out of the person of the Holy Spirit and filling our souls of the redeemed of the redeemed with immeasurable and everlasting joy. So his good pleasure is he gives and he gives and it gets even deeper that he gives so so immeasurably for you know, he gives it to us 
for everlasting. So when he's giving now, it's on to eternity. If you know what I mean. It's even more than yeah. giving your daughter that scooter. You're giving yeah. the giving part, not just buying this the scooter, not just the blessing in itself. It's it, it's that you gave. It's that love that you gave your daughter. Besides just what she got as the object. It's and it was, right. it was it was really it was really my good pleasure. It really was. To, yeah. One of the it's one of the it's one of the best feelings I've ever felt in my life. It was such a good pleasure to give my daughter a, a gift like that. And yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the same. God feels sort of like the same, only a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. Like same. I said, isn't this good pleasure to create us? In the first yeah. place, we were created out of his good pleasure. And everything was created out of his good pleasure. It was This is who our God is. He is the glorious, happy God. He is a happy God. The happiness we even have is, it was created by him for us, even happiness. You know, because that's our character of our God. It's his good pleasure. He enjoys to give. That's what he does. That's what that's what makes him create, you know, is that good pleasure that he has, you know. And if that we turn, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if we turn to, you know, Paul even you know stresses it even further. Yeah, expound on that. He he expresses it even further. Excuse me, I'm just trying to do the web web page. Yeah, I was Kevin, you, you should expound on that. He stretches it further. You should maybe tell everybody nothing uh, from Kevin. factual motives. Through conscientious strife, selfishness, or unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Good pleasure. That's what it means by good pleasure. Is that like when I just gave you my new iPod? Yeah. And I really wanted to keep it, but I gave it to you anyway. All right, I don't know if you wanted. You didn't tell me you wanted her to keep it, though. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I would love to keep this iPod, but I really it would be my good pleasure to give it to my boy Rick. Yeah, and I was like, and it was my good pleasure to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> well, take this. Take this instance. My my favorite psalm. Um, the favorite psalm, of course, I have a bunch of favorite psalms, but this favorite psalm, I'll just use it. It's Psalm 23, and I I sing it every day, or not every every time I get a chance at worship, I, you know, at least once a month, you know, I just love singing it, but reciting it in song. But you know, he says it's good pleasure. You know, our cups runneth over. It, you know, our cup can't. You know, our cups runneth over. He gives so much. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. The whole psalm is a reflection of this verse in Luke chapter 12, verse 32. You know, this reciting the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Shall not want. I have everything I need. I have everything. I have everything I need. So want means you don't, you won't have. What he means, I don't need anything else. I shall not want. There will be nothing. I won't. I don't. I have need of anything. I don't. I wouldn't want anything. I don't want anything because he gives me everything I need. And yeah, and that's what he means. And then you know, Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. 
What does it mean when it says he leadeth me beside still waters? That's what I was going into next. He lead, you know, cool. he make, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. You know? He restoreth my soul. I want to get back to the still waters before mm-hmm. you do that. Still waters. Still waters. Explain that to me. The still waters? Yeah, explain it. He leadeth me beside still waters. What does that mean? Well, look at the calm of the storm. When he when he was in the boat with the twelve disciples asleep. He went up oh, and rebuked the winds and the waves and they were completely calm. Immediately. Just like let me turn it off. Boom. Like a click of so a mouth. Is, repre- is that represented is that representative of the peace? It is yeah. the peace is the growth. Like in Psalm one, uh Psalm one, you know, verse two. And, you know, he shall be, or, and three, uh, blessed is the man who not, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat with the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord he does meditate day and night. He shall be a tree planted by the rivers of water. He maketh me lie down, you know, in green pastures. Tree planted by the rivers of, the tree planted by the rivers, the rivers of the water. Signifies that you won't be thirsty. Like a tree, it's by the water. It never needs any water. It's got water. You will water. grow firm in him. Our roots will be drawn in him because he is the living water. And it shall be complete, everlasting joy and peace beyond all measures that we can't even have concept of now. Like, remember, uh, you know, like the opposite, you know, the opposite is going to be for those that don't believe. <laughs> you know? He says, still waters. Imagine their water, that is going to be a constant, 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 constant storm, you know. Of... I'd like to bring in another Compton analogy here. I, you know, I work with uh, some hardcore people and a lot, of, a lot of ex-cons and stuff. And this guy was telling me he was into heroin. He's told me, I was, I was asking him, what's that like? What does that feel like? Cause I don't know anything about that stuff. And he goes, he goes, oh, man, he goes, you feel so warm and safe and like a blanket's wrapped around you and like somebody loves you. And I just thought, man, that's the way I feel about Jesus. I want, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just get on your knees, man, you know? The things that are flesh, that the indwelt sin that's in our flesh, but, you know, it's, you know, he is our only, you know, that that is our only hope, you know, and we do hope for that. But we, as we grow in Christ, we become more constantly sure, you know, sure that it's happening as we grow daily. I know we still are set back with our doubts and with our, you know, all of us go through it. I mean, come on, look at the characters in, in the scriptures, you know. Even Elijah, who's done these great things as a prophet, right? And, uh... <laughs> The amazing thing is, you know, uh, you can read it where, you know, I think Elijah came to the point where he wanted to contemplate suicide, you know, for his own emotion. But, you know, uh, you think about it that as we're in Christ, Christ is growing in us. And, you know, we come back to the still waters or, or the rivers of waters being, you know, a tree planted by the rivers of waters, you know. And he maketh us lie down in green pastures. He restores our soul and guides our path through righteousness for his name's sake. You know, he leads us to the still waters, and he is the living water. 
you know, we think about that's the whole good pleasure thing. That's the things that we we're really battling with our, sometimes our unbelief in it, you know. Yeah, but our soul just craves Jesus, and, and you don't know it, but that's what you really want, you know. Like if some people believe that there is a void that's inside us that we're trying to fill. And Yeah, I believe and, that. And, of course, yeah, you would say that sin is rampant in, within our flesh. It, it just It's there just because of one man all have sinned, and that sin is just, you know, that... And the one know, man is Adam, for anybody who doesn't know what Rick's talking about. He's talking about yeah, Adam. This is Romans chapter 3, 2 and 3, so you can you guys can look mm-hmm. it up. You know, Genesis. it start, started in Romans, and then, oh, yeah, in Genesis, talk about Adam, but to understand, you know, it's 1 through one 7. You want to read it 1 through 7, read it really slowly so you can kind of get the picture of what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, like it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Um, yeah, you know, the people that are falling into that, to the alcohol, going to the bar and drinking after work, having that way just to, you know, ease the tension of the day or whatever, which I don't I don't see nothing really wrong with having one glass of red wine, you know, just for that evening before you go to bed. So, you know, I don't drink myself, nor do I drink wine, or nor do I whatever, because I know before in my past I was a drunkard and it just doesn't seem to work with me. But, you know, some people right. that... Can, they can, you know, and a one glass of wine is good, you know, but, you know, there's, well, there's times where people are trying to find that escape and, and you know, and some don't really want to come to the Lord, you know, and yeah. they'd rather have that and they don't they want to do it their own way. Yeah, and they they have unbelief anyway to believe in Christ. Yeah. Like you take Richard Dawkins, for instance. I saw him on, uh, you know, on TV with, on Fox News, and the, he was trying to, he was trying to, he, a couple of times I've seen him, and I see there's no peace with this man, really. He has no rest, because he's out trying to think that science is going to prove everything, and first of all, science came from God, and of course, he's an atheist, but I don't think he is. I think he's a troubled little boy, still in a grown man's professor body with an intellect, yeah, that he's, he's trying to escape with his peace and freedom to not believing in a God who think and he's saying it's superstitious and all this all these claims that it shows me that he doesn't really he doesn't know, you know, what which end is up half the time, but he has all this intellectual garbage that he's learned, you know, garbage and and uh he's trying to escape through his you know, he's probably not a user, I don't know what if he is or if he drinks or not, but he sure is in, into his escaping, you know, looking for that peace outside of God because he he can't, you know, right now, of course, he doesn't have any peace if he thinks he does. But he's writing all these books, and it shows, like, when he wrote The God Delusion, I could tell that there's something wrong with this guy besides him trying to, he's trying to disprove God so bad and try to make, you know, but it's okay. That's his escape, you know? And now he's you, trying to find peace. An example of somebody like that. Let me give you an example of the opposite. Um, 
<laughs> in our church we go to, um, there's this guy. He's kind of like a door greeter. And he's kind of, um, he's not that good looking and he's short and he's got long hair. And, um, but when you get within five feet of this guy, the spirit of God just, just hits you. It's like, I don't know, it's like being in a hot tub in paradise or something. It's the, you just, you want to be, as soon as you, and the closer you get to this guy, the more you feel it. And he smiles at you and shakes your hand and welcomes you and stuff. And <clears throat> as you're walking away from him, uh, you get about five, six feet away, you can feel that spirit kind of, you know, kind of departing you a little bit. And man, I, I want to be around people like that. You know, that's the that's what dragged me to church. You know, is the is the I just have a craving to get next to that guy. And I, I asked Rick before I go. You know, is that guy an angel? Do you think he could be an angel, or could it be Jesus? You know, just showing up. Would he ever do that? You know, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was my example of the opposite of what the guy Rick was talking about. Yeah, that's a good time to say that we understand good pleasure in, you know, what people are trying to find out, and all they have to do is try. Just, what do you think it is? What do you think it is with this guy? Why is he like? Why does that? What happened to him? What makes him like that? Is it just me, or does he? Is he, like, anointed with the Spirit, really heavily? Probably he's anointed with the You know, there's an anointing. He probably got his, you know, done some work in him where he can share that same grace that he's, you know, he probably enjoys that grace so much that he has to share it, <laughs> you know? Wow. And he loves to share it. And, yeah, you know, he probably God's doing a lot of good work in it, and that's good. And we pray that, you know, you could follow him to his house and that he still lives that way at home. You know? I'd like to live I'd like to live in his basement or in his bathroom, anywhere <laughs> within five or six feet of the guy. So I can feel yeah. that feeling. I am telling you, yeah. I'm not you know, I'm not lying to you, man. This guy it's he's got the spirit and uh, how how can a guy how can I be like that guy? How could that ever happen to where somebody uh, was gonna get near that, me? That's where it comes like what John Piper says that we're you know, battling unbelief and, and believing in future grace and uh Allowing God to do the changes within us to break the foul ground of our hearts and uh, go back to, you know, Ezekiel chapter 36, where he uh, puts in a new heart in you and puts his spirit in you. And that, of course, that we root ourselves in it. And then, you know, it, it starts happening that way. You know, each of us, our makeup is different. You know, some of our, our, uh, the ground of our heart is harder than most. You know, some of us have yeah. Indian clay mud hearts where it takes a lot of pounding, and there are others that are just like, man. You're talking you know? about Johnny now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. I'm a, I still got that seven streak, and uh, God's doing a lot of work on me. Uh, a lot yeah, of work. Me too. And uh, um, actually, after you know, from my obsession. <laughs> of studying about him and actually not really, you know, it's a good obsession. This is healthy. It's a good obsession. It's studying him. You know, he's certainly learning. And really, I just, I, you know, I, I start to be a, more aware of my sin and how it separates myself from him in a way. But he's in me. He's not leaving me now. But how it, it really battles against that for me to be even more loving. Because, you know, I'm at church. I know everybody, but I'm not as, you know, affectionate with everybody, you should say, 
you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, in, in the sense where shaking everybody's hand and give them, give them that love, I guess I'm more of, uh, uh, you know, the worker bee type, except I, you know, not working for my salvation, but uh, just that's who I am when I serve because, so you, you know. You can't I, earn I, your salvation, but I guess everybody has No, I'm talking about like the worker. You know? I'm just trying to tell people that, oh, I know. you know, not, I just serve. I'm always doing the sound, or I'm sitting at the microphones, or I'm setting up a little band, getting into playing when I'm at church. And but you know, and now the public sometimes I get totally <laughs> sick of people. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I let my flesh get to it, I get really, you know, it's old behavior. I get really like, well, you know, I want to kind of like, you know, back away and you know, hang out, you know, because I like my peace within, you know by myself mostly instead of having to deal with a whole bunch of people, but that's where God has me dealing with a whole bunch of people now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he, he knows what me. you need. He knows what you need to, to work on, you know, yeah. obviously. Now, yeah, it used to be like I love the attention, but now I don't, you know. And, you know, so I love people, you know, it's, you know, the best way I can. And God, for each and every one of us, some are more loving than others. And, you know, and I'm learning how to, you know, that's the law of love is the most important thing that, to understand because it's you know that's that is uh first corinthians 13 right off the bat that's a very good you know everything of how to conduct yourselves you know is, and i wanted to get into corinthians so we ended up there a little bit yeah so it was first corinthians 13 with fear not little flock we're talking about you know good pleasure and kind of got off the little subject a little bit but that's okay let's just go to uh I think we did. I think we covered some decent grounds there. Yeah, we did. And uh, here we go. First Corinthians. You were going to expound on the idea of the little flock. No, that's okay. Let's just read thirteen real quick so everybody understands the law of love, right? Okay. So, the law of love. Let me just read it to everybody so we get some scripture out there. Hey, we're talking about the law of love and how to be loving, like that your buddy that you said you went to church with, and he, this is probably one of his favorites. If if oh, man, that he's guy. that way, right? This oh, is probably man. one of his favorite. He probably has this memorized. And I don't even know the man, but if you say you know you want to be around him because you know you want that, you want to be like that with other. If I can speak in the tongues of this is First Corinthians three verse one. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love. That reasoning, intentional spirit devotion, such as inspired by God's love for us and in us, I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and to understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned, or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Here's the law of love, people. And I'm using the Amplified Version again for those who are curious. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. 
It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it is it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and seized. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. But then when perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part imperfectly, imperfectly, sorry, but then I shall know and understand fully, fully clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understand and understood by God. Oh. Also, faith, hope, and love abide us. Faith, conviction, and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope, joyful, and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And that's the law of love, folks. <laughs> I read the whole... Yes, and that's first... exact. To find that, you go exactly to what? Where? First Corinthians chapter 13. That's... I'm using the Amplified Bible again. I repeat this for people. is pretty, you know, I could read King James Version. It would have been simple. This actually, just, it really opens it up to what everything is. That's the law of love. And this is the law of love. This is goes back to our Father's good pleasure of giving us the kingdom. It's, you know, this is for us. Uh, you know, that what he does, it's his good pleasure. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, and... And there you go, good pleasure again. Yeah, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13 for everybody to know that. It's his will, that's... Back... You know? I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find it in my Greek interlinear. And Matthew 25 through 4 says, "Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world." 
That's his good pleasure, you know. And, he, and we know all things work together for them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You know, he goes on with his good pleasure. His good pleasure, that whole love thing, that's it. And, you know, and some people believe that we could have that now. We could fully grasp that and, and, and walk in it right now. And what are we waiting for? And, you know, all the things that... And what are we waiting for? Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of things that do come up in our lives that continue to distract us. And then there, once again, we come back to battling on beliefs, you know. And And that's something that you've taught me just recently is that the flesh is more than uh, lusting after, you know, a a really good, well-done barbecued steak, you know, and taters or... Or wanting to scratch your uh, 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 wanting to scratch athlete's foot on your toes. <laughs> it's, it's it goes so much deeper than that. It goes into your mind. The flesh goes into your mind, and your flesh uh, uh, is what gives you doubts and unbelief. That's your flesh talking, and it'll even give you like nightmares. And I mean, that's what you've taught me, you know, Rick. Lately, I've never really thought of it that way. How much more the flesh affects you than what you really, you know, think. It's not just your body. It's It influences your mind a huge amount, maybe even more than your body. Yeah. I mean, that, is that is that kind of the, what you've kind of, is that, am I, am I saying that right? Do you think that's, am I? You said some good stuff for me. <laughs> right on. Encourage me. Right on. Yeah, I mean, like, I was really depressed the other day for no reason. I just felt like, you know, that you get that feeling where somebody says, oh, did somebody just walk on your grave? And, you know, you get that really spooky feeling. I had that for, like, all afternoon for no reason, you know. And uh, I was telling Rick about it, and I'm like, man, this is weird. I'm so depressed. Rick told me, he said, that's your flesh doing that to you. And I never thought of, you know, I thought it was, you know, in my mind or my spirit or something. But, yeah, it was... Depression, that's, is that your flesh too? I mean, you really believe that, huh? Yeah, it is your flesh too, yeah. And I tell everybody it's okay to be depressed, you know. Even though Jesus had joy in the Father, he was also a man of sorrows. That's true. And and he relates, you know, and look what he did and what he took. He was a man of sorrows, you know. And it comes back to the, you know, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the first question of it, you know. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's still in his good pleasure, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, if we can enjoy him forever, I mean, that would be a good pleasure. That would be returning love to our creator. The second question is, what rule has God given to us, direct us, how we may glorify and enjoy him? The Word of God, which is contained in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy Him. That's just, that, what a, what questions, I mean, what amazing answers these could be. These are the Scriptures, all, all the, you know, what rule, what is the chief end of man? What, is the, what rule has God given us to direct how we may glorify and, and enjoy Him? I mean, just think about that. It's all in the Word of God. How yeah, and I've learned continue. from you lately that really the Bible, the scriptures, really, you've taught me that it's an owner's manual to you, for you. I mean, you get a new iPod and it comes with an owner's manual yeah. or 
you know, or a new TV or a new stereo. It comes with an owner's manual. And that the Bible is our owner's manual. I mean, that's what I've learned from you lately. I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, and you think about it, it goes to question three. You just nailed it. What do the scriptures, our manufacturer's handbook, or our owner's manual, <laughs> principally teach? The scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. And uh, those are the it's first good two to questions. Know. It's good yeah. to know, you know, like when you do your job at work, I mean, you know, the best thing you can know that makes you feel the best is what is your job so that you can get that done, you know? I mean, you need to know what what's the task. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, and look at here, right here, you just said that. What am I supposed to do? That is, uh, let's see, what is that? Let's see. That's Genesis, what is it? No, that's not it. It's not just, and what duty requires of man? Yeah, it is. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have faith, you know, you might have life through his name. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. There's our owner's manual. There's our owner's manual. The scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. This is part of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which everybody who understands what that is, don't, first of all, their first thought is, oh, is that Catholic? And I, you have no nothing no. of, it is, no. ref, catechism is a reformation, uh, non-denominational, you know, even though some apply that this is, this is the pure, Puritans, a bunch, you know, a, a big group uh, council got together and said, what do we believe where it's not, you know, it, what does the body of Christ believe? Not, you know, the Presbyterian or the Baptist or the, you know, even though they have their own uh, confessions. This just, they did this so that everybody would stop thinking in a d divided way and come into unity once again. And it goes off and it teaches you. They have the shorter catechism and the larger for those that don't understand. And you can find it at uh, www.reform.org. And if you go there, it's Center for Reformed Theology and Apologetics. This is actually, it's a pretty really good site. And some of you dispensationalists, you probably won't like it because there's also a sponsor by AgainstDispensationalism.com <laughs> defending Christianity. So, I'll uh, just let you know you if you guys want to go. There we go. Yeah. If you want to, I just wanted to say that, um, I just wanted to say that, you know, when you're, when you're reading your Bible and you really don't understand a chapter or verse, it's really got you like, what does this mean? Um, you know, get online and start looking for commentaries uh, on that verse because, uh, because there's a lot of really, you know, educated scholars out there that have um, a lot to contribute to help you to help explain that to you. I mean, you just go and look for a commentary is an explanation of a Bible verse or a Bible chapter. And you know, all the old great church fathers they wrote commentaries 
on a lot of the Bible. And Augustine's are probably the best. And there's also some new guys like the guy at Zondervan. He's a, he, he does really good commentaries. Uh, Kidner? Kidner? Kidner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Piper, uh, R.C. Sproul, the modern yeah. new guys. You know, one that was really good was uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, man. Oof. Man. And then there was uh, Oswald Chambers. But, you know, Jonathan Edwards from the 17 Hammers, he was the uh, – not the guy running for pres- uh, president. No, Jonathan Edwards, the uh, – Not the, the, guy, the president. the guy who does who calls the dead people in those TV sales. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards was a man, was a man that uh, in the 1700s, he was the, uh, one of the presidents of Princeton uh, in the 1700s, and uh, he's also a missionary. Oh, Isaac Newton. Indian. Isaac, Isaac Newton also Newton. wrote commentaries. He wrote big yeah. commentaries. And you know, he yeah, yeah, he did half his he life to that. Yeah, he was a scientist that believed in God. And oh, yeah. One of the greatest scientists in the world to all you uh, Richard Dawkins, whoever, who he just, they're thinking science. I said, well, these guys, you know, knew that God exists. That's why they, they became scientists, because of God, you know. But anyway, yeah, Charles Darwin. Charles anyway, Darwin was a scientist who believed in God. Also, that's good advice Johnny so. gave you guys. I was say, that's good advice to Johnny. Also, if you really don't know what the scripture is also, you can, your your Bible should have, and if it doesn't, you know, have cross-references. It should be like in the yeah. middle or or whatever no. verses. Um or you can go on blueletterbible.com and take that verse and click it. You can find uh, all the other verses that are related to that verse so you get a clearer picture on what that verse is talking about. Maybe it will be clearer. Right. But, and a good commentary. And you can get commentaries them. there, too. You can get commentaries there, too. Oh, yeah. Lots of different ones. Yeah, And you, you can, can get audio commentaries. Yeah. You can listen to them. It's, just, it's really good because you, get a, you at least get a whole bunch of perspectives. And then you find the right perspective anyway on the commentary because usually most of the comedy, like Luther and Calvin's, totally agree with each other, you know. And even some Arminians work, you know, for those who want to believe in that stupid uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism. And you guys got to knock that off. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and there was, uh, also, there was also, uh, uh, what was it, George Whitfield and um, who else was it? They had, uh, and, uh, oh, um Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. After that, I'm, I'm tired. So, <laughs> uh, um, there was too. another. All right, it was George Whitfield wrote, and I'm think, trying to think of his name. Oh yeah, John Wesley, and uh, they had a whole issue on that same topic, the Calvinism Arminianism debate. That for some reason, I don't know why Christians are into that. That you know, actually, I don't know why. They, actually, I don't think they actually knew the history of those letters truly, and they want to add their own opinions to, I say, knock it off again, because these are our Christian brothers, you know? I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I like I said, they, they all liked Augustine, and then Augustine liked Ambrose, and, you know, and Irenaeus and Hippolytus, so we're all Christians, we're one body, stop trying to divide it, anyway. Yeah, and you know, um, there's just too many, there's, there's places where we can uh, argue as points of contention, but... Never let that be a point of division. Yeah, the Bible says point do not of, be quarrelsome. Don't be quarrelless. Don't try to yeah. quarrel over petty things. Be Become, you know, Paul, it's a command to be in unity, to be of one mind, to agree. Agree. Come to the agreement, don't, but don't come to it like begrudging each other. I, we just read that. 
And you see First uh, Corinthians 13 again. You go right back to that when you when you're having a discussion, because don't seek your own. You know that's what I'm saying to myself loud and clear, actually, because you know I'm one of those people that you know. But I'm not as in I'm trying to get 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 to the point and get to the you know what is the truth of this? What is this truth? And to make it sound like the truth, so you know, okay, not but, sound like the truth, but to make it sure it is sound truth is what I meant to say. Yeah. So. Sound truth, making sure that you you're standing on solid ground with the truth in the first place is uh, really important. Yeah. And that's what, on that that's what we need to do, and yeah, you know, just all we need to do is just make sure that our doctrine is right, and we're not standing on anything that's wrong. And not that we think it's right, you know, you got to be able to say, well, wait a minute, you know, it's not what I think. It's nothing what I you think. you got to be able to show it in Scripture. you got to be able to root it. you gotta, you got to Actually, you got to understand the doctrine. you got to know it, and you got to understand it. And what about, what about the people What about the people that aren't smart enough to understand the doctrine? I don't actually don't think, you know, even for... Take for instance, I have an older brother that's mentally disabled, and uh, he's uh, he's you know he can't read and he can't write too well. But I'll tell you what, he can comprehend. He can comprehend really well. So I don't believe there's people there. You know, either they're willfully smart, right? Not willfully ignorant. You know, or, you know, but I don't think there's not any smart people. I think God made us all smart, you know. We're good in our way. Interesting. We can, we can com- comprehend it if we allow ourselves to. And, you know, and some people don't have a hard time with it. You know, there's people that are dyslexic and there's people that, that you know, get to have the major ADD where, you know, they start reading and other things are happening around them, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's me. I don't know. I think the Bible will restore your mind if you just continue to read it. I can actually. I can guarantee you that. I I believe that. I mean, I don't. I don't know it firsthand, but I believe you. I believe you when you say that. I believe the Bible. The Bible restored my mind, and uh, when God let me go haywire, and uh, you know, from my backsliding days, but you know, to, to actually find out. I guess you know what we were talking earlier about drug addicts. We all had to go through that, and. Uh, I definitely believe that, you know, we were definitely elected and chosen because I don't know why I should I should be dead, you know. I don't know why God didn't let me die during those times. He sh- you know, I deserved every, you know, I deserved hell and to be remain in hell forever from the things, the curses I cursed at God and uh, all the things that I did. It's kind of like, you know, being like, I was like Richard Dawson, but worse, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do that so much, you know. Really, I did it. I had a different path, but man, I got a lot of dangerous hobbies. And plus, I drive on Interstate Five about eighty miles an hour every single day for a hundred miles. And That's why we have what God has what? saved. God has saved my life miraculously. Hey, so hey, John, many times. What is, the, what is the speed speed limit posted, my son? Eighty. Eighty. Does it say eighty I mean, on your highway? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I actually, I'm the opposite. I actually love his law. That I understand now that when I, it, it's 65 on our highway, 70 somewhere else, right? When necessary, I put on my cruise control, and I leave it there because, and then of course, 
I don't have any tickets that way. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I get it. I get it. It, it went over my head the first time. You're rebuking me for no. disobeying the speed limit. No, I was rebuking you. I, just, I was just saying. What is, you just rebuked me, and I didn't know it. I wasn't trying to rebuke you. I was trying to make you think about the, the, the posted speed limit. And why? Yeah. <laughs> I just went. I, I look, look, folks. I, I went to a traffic school because I, I didn't see a posted sign that said no turn on red, but it was an arrow, and it didn't oh. say no turn on red. It was an arrow, oh. and I thought it was going left, and I got dyslexic, and it was going right, and I thought it was the opposite, but I, I wasn't really paying attention to it, and I got a no turn on red. So I still have a fresh mind of uh, traffic school. <laughs> yeah. I was reaching for a chicken McNugget, and I went off a cliff one time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like there's been so many things like that where God has totally, totally saved my life. It's just They're a miracle. I mean, so did that make you hate chicken McNuggets? I can't. <laughs> man, those things are dangerous. Chicken McNuggets don't kill you. Yeah, they almost did. You go watch that chicken McNuggets people out there, you know. It's a, it's game away from that, you know. Sorry for but, uh, all yeah, I can tell you a hundred. I can tell you a hundred stories where I should have died, and I, I, I'm still here. It's just a miracle that I'm sitting here talking to Rick, you know. Yeah, and it just shows me that you know, he's appointed a time for all of us, and I guess those times weren't our time, but man. I still think about that, like, that, that's just, like, why didn't you take my life, you know, and, you know, why did, you know, other people, you keep thinking, and it's not like, I deserve it, Lord, you're so gracious like that, there's other people that have, you know, died for, you know, and, you know, good people that have died, you know, and, you know, being hit by a car, or just, maybe they just, you know, I don't know, but they just got hit by a car, and you know, and you know, I went and did all these bad things, and I didn't die. And I guess, you know, it's not, you know, just living that sin against sinning against them constantly. You know, even cursing at them, being a scoffer. That's why I love Psalm one so much. You know, shame on you, shame on you for doing that. Uh, shame on you. But <laughs> I know I'm joking. I love that Psalm one though so much. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat with the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord he does meditate day and night. He shall be a tree planted by the rivers of water, who will bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does, he will prosper. But the wicked are not so, for they are like the chaff that is quickly blown away, or caught up, or raptured by the wind. <laughs> Therefore, yes. the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation with the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the wicked, the sinners, the ungodly, they will perish. You know, that's Psalm 1. And I, w I can't believe I wasn't in that verse 6. You know, the Lord let me be in the first part of verse 6. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Instead of the second part, for the wicked will perish. I, I don't understand when I was wicked, why they didn't perish. And I look at the grace of God so gratefully right now. That really keeps me, 
trying to dig my roots in to that water. And the, the scripture, Jesus said, I am the living water. He who drinketh from me, he who drinketh from me will never thirst. So, there you go. Yeah, and, yeah, and, um, Bob George, he's a, he's a guy that I like to listen to. He's a Bible teacher, uh, realanswers.net. You know, people to people ministries. If you want to check out Bob George's, you can download his podcast and uh, realanswers.net. Anyway, uh, Bob George said, always says, you know, he says, uh, you know, people come to me and they want, they're wandering around wondering what the will of God is for their life. And he goes, well, it says it right here. Paul says it right here. The will of God concerning you is to be thankful in all things because that's the will of God for you. And, you know, I mean, in general, that's really true. I mean, we should be thankful. We should all have a thankful spirit. I mean, we got a lot to be thankful for, really. I mean, Actually, if you think we do. about it, we got so much to be thankful for. You know, and uh, we can't think of, you know, anything else, but what would be better? I mean, what, like Augustine, uh, John Piper likes to quote a lot, because God is most glorified when you're most satisfied in him. That's, and... Being, being satisfying your satisfaction, I mean, being thankful, I mean, that's that's a good chunk of it right there. Yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. It surrounds that whole, you know, God is most glorified when you're most satisfied in him. That means thankful. That means all the above. That means grateful. That means, oh. And then you just kind of look at that. Uh, you know, anybody, like Bob George, realanswers.net. Is it .net? Yeah, yeah, realanswers.net. Or go to desiringgod.org for John Piper. John Piper. Both of them, both of those men are heroes. And uh, they are to me. Bob George is a huge hero. And they're both, uh, and they're both, they both struggle like we do. But you know, uh, but yeah, you know, you Bob George. Have you, heard, you ever heard Bob George's story? He said how he started the ministry. He was at a bar drinking beer, and he kind of stumbled home, and he tells his wife. He goes, I'm going to be a Bible teacher. And his wife goes, oh, okay. And then it, that was it. I mean, he just, that was the end of everything as far as the world went for him. And he just instantly became this Bible teacher, you know, and never went into a tavern again. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how, that's just kind of how some people, you know, even the heroes like Augustine, he was a bad boy. Man, he was like yeah, I just looked a at huge hero. Confessions, book eight. You can see some things about them, men, if you struggle with lust and stuff, and women, you too. Think, you, know, you think you've been a bad boy. Augustine was worse than you, I'd say. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, before. There's probably a lot of people that were worse that came out. Paul was worse, he says. He yeah, murdered Paul Christians. Was a, he was a Christian hunter. <laughs> and, uh, um, excuse me. He was like Hitler almost. <laughs> he was like Hitler almost in the beginning, hunting down Christians, persecuting them. And then what happened to Paul? Paul kind of, you know, that's almost the same way it happened to me. Jesus jumped out behind a tree and beat him up with a stick, struck him blind. Uh, <laughs> just imagine that. I mean, but that's how, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be that dramatic uh, for people. Just, no. It, it, it's it probably it's all like that in a certain way when Christ light comes in either gentle or it comes in harsh and uh, which is both you know it's still it's still graceful and loving and, you know and Saul Saul why has thou persecuted me who who are you Lord I am Jesus of Nazareth who you are persecuting wow 
that's the words that <laughs> now go to Damascus and, and you know wait there for further instructions. You know, yeah. he's, he's blinded now. He got blinded by the light. And, you know, and <laughs> you gotta wait for instructions. Yeah, basically go go to Damascus and wait for instructions. <laughs> what? I just got the, you know. She just blinded me and beat out of me. Now what do I do? And I fell off my horse and. It's hard to hunt Christians when you're blind. Yeah, and it, actually, when he got knocked out, he's like, and you know, all those people that were with him, they heard it. I don't know if some said they heard some There were people down. with him? There were people with him that saw it? Yeah, uh, that witnessed whatever happened, something was happening, and either they heard the voice of Christ or they, or they, heard, they heard something. And uh, they're like, what? This happened there. <laughs> so, and he was going. He had a title deed to go out and get Christians and probably kill them in Damascus. You don't know. This is a great man of our faith, Apostle Paul, man. And look what he did. You look at just because of his hard sayings. Look at uh, the good things that he did. Like, you know, Augustine loves Paul, and he really dug in. But uh, these are the heroes. Yeah, of my do you faith. know that there's. You know that there's actually a her heretic group that will um, only read Paul's letters. They they throw everything out. They're Paul only. Bob George talked about those guys. They're they're like heretics. He says, "Well, that's good that you're reading Paul, but throwing everything else out that's that's not good. No, not good." <laughs> and see, there's people that want. Like I said, there's people that like to divide and. Yeah. They they just like to divide. They you know like even there's 66 books of the Bible. That's it. It's it's a pretty God chose that number of books to be written, which is pretty interesting. That there's 66 books of the Bible, which you know. And then I, I the other up, six. That's your theory. The other six is man and and the and the six books of the false religions, which <laughs> man we talked about that on Iron Show too, and it just blew me away. I was just like. You know, just in awe of your well, revelation. You know, I think the other six you know, is what is created by man's imagination, and so you know, six 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 is his name. You know, number of name, it's a number of a man, and uh, whatever that means is what it means. You know, before we get even get into that conversation, I'm still yeah, looking into that. I'm, I'm still, I'm still looking into that. View of that. I take an opposite view of that because I think. Well, no, I, like I said, I, I said I'm not concrete. It's not concrete with me yet because I'm now just trying to investigate it, drop everything that I've learned, and uh, you know, and try to really look into what Scripture is talking about. Those that in general, like you got your big huge Hebrew interlinear, you know, uh, book, right? And so I love that old out. Bible. Yeah, huge. You could be if you be, if I hit you on the head with that, you'd die. It's yeah, twenty pounds. So you know, it's, it's okay, a twenty pound Bible. Yeah, that's Bible thumping for you. That's what it is. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're a true Bible thumper, my brother. Oh, wow. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, there was this uh, 
through this uh, right. uh, incident on Coast to Coast, this guy called in. He had recorded the whole thing, and this guy hit this old lady in her car, and he got out and started screaming at her, and she jumped out of the car with this huge Bible and just started beating him down with it. Oh, no. Well, we can't be doing that. <laughs> no, no, that's a but bad idea. And we're self we're, we're, for the old lady, though. That was my first, uh, when I was in my first uh, heavy metal band called Amen back in 1985 when I first came to Jesus, I was in a heavy metal band, and our bass player, Denny Cox, we go down downtown witnessing, and, and uh, you know, we run into some real hostility when we try to talk, tell people about Jesus, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when that happened, Jesus, or uh, Denny, Denny Cox, would, would uh, our bass player, would grab the guy and start slapping him around, and he'd say, what'd you say about Jesus? What'd you say about Jesus? Oh, no. Or a rogue. We'd talk to him, we'd say, Denny... We said, Denny, we, that's not how you do it, you know. And it's like we're not like crusaders. <laughs> no, we're not boxers for Jesus. <laughs> he actually, he actually forced a couple people through the sinner's prayer, you know, because they were scared to death of him. <laughs> he goes, now tell me you love Jesus. Oh, uh, they slap him again. Now tell me you love Jesus. I love Jesus. <laughs> not good, people. Not good. But I don't know how I got on that story, but anyway, what, what I was going to say is real quick, sorry to interrupt you. The point of contention that I had with Rick there on that when he was getting into that is I really don't think that these uh, these other religions are caused just by man's imagination. I think that there's uh, that there's uh, there's uh, bad spirits out there in the spiritual world. Oh, that really, are, are behind I never said that. that. I, I said that I didn't believe that because the Ephesians. Uh, six ten is pretty clear on that. I'm talking about the oh, most. Okay, I'm sorry. Never yeah, mind. Never, never mind. mind. <laughs> hey, wait. <laughs> so you don't eat. Wait, 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 wait. What's Anyway. No, what I want to start to say is that, you know, images created by hand, you know, I'm just talking about that people have written their own, uh, you know, Book of Mormon and somebody tried to re retranslate the New World Translation, which is even freakier. And then, you know, they have their all other writings that, like Richard Dawkins created his other six, The God Delusion. So he's writing his own religion theory and evolution. Yeah. And, Vita, you know, yeah, uh, there is definitely spiritual influence behind that. Of course there are, because... You know, there's, really a, so. uh, there's, there's a spiritual war going on. And there's a war between, you know, flesh and spirit. And, yeah, and these things are out there taking take place. But I also believe that God is a sovereign God, and he's in control of it all. So, you know, yeah. it, it even though we know all these things are happening, that's why it, it, we come back to fear not, little flock. Don't be alarmed or seized with fear at all. You don't have to, you know. But that's something that we really need to listen your, to. Yeah, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we don't need to be to fear or be seized with alarm of what is coming. You know, we, you know, I just actually say fear him who will both destroy right. both body and soul. So that's the more concern. You know, fear God and fear God alone. And the fear of God is a healthy fear. It's a revering fear. And basically, but our God, the true God, will give you his love because that is his true pleasure. But, you know, why Why would you not want to fear your own creator who, who, who can destroy you and, you know, and knows your point in time? He could, you know, 
at any moment, you know, he could just take your breath away. He can stop your heart, you know, at any given moment, you know. And that's the kind of the fear that you can think. It's like, wow, he can do that. But he doesn't want you just to fear him or, or let your fear of hell also, you know. Don't let your fear of hell be your motivation at all. None of that. And he's saying, you know, with this fear not little flock, don't let none of that. Because you, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom if he is your father to those that, that don't know him yet. Is he your father yet? Is he your father? Yeah, is he's your, he your God? father. Is he's the one? As we go back to, you know, as we go back to it, um, we go back to the, the verse. You know, he's your father. God is our father, and it's beyond what we ever imagined. Some of us had an earthly father who, who, who was never there or was abusive, or was neglectful, and we have in our members this idea that we put on God as we do our earthly fathers. We must rid ourselves of this completely and see the reality of what God's love really is to us. And uh, that's Galatians 4, 6. For anybody who hasn't seen it yet, Galatians 4, chapter 6, which I don't have it on this list, but you can look but at it. it's a good one. Yeah. A good one, you know. See, for to, for those that like the King James, four verse six. As I'm looking at my computer, you can cut that out if you want. <laughs> oh, and because I was looking at, I was looking sons, at listen, and bec- and what is it? And because your son, God has sent forth the spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Well, for thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And what does that mean? What does that really mean? Break that down. Unpack that a little bit. What? What you just read. Especially the beginning. Especially the beginning. What you just read. Because you are sons. Unpack that a little bit. And because you are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I mean, we're his children. We are now his children because his child is in us now. That's the son. Oh, thank you, Brother Rick. Thank you, Brother Rick. Here, you want to hear the cross-reference? That's great. That's beautiful. You just taught me something. Yeah, do it. If ye then be evil, know how to again. Repeat that again. Because I don't want to lose that. It says, and because you are, here, let me do it like for, for, for simple. And because you are his children, God has sent forth his child. Oh, no, sent forth the spirit of his. God has sent forth the spirit of his child, with a capital C, son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So now you're, you're a child of God, which in turn so, is a saint. So believing in Jesus, um, you get that spirit where you know that God is your Father because he's given you that spirit, and you cry, Abba, Father. So you know, you know you're a son now. Yeah, and you become his because son. You get the spirit of Jesus in you, which cries, Abba, Father. and So now you know who your father is. Exactly. 
and there's others which yeah. others we will speak about in time. But now, um, it goes on and says, God, let's see, it's crying. I'm trying to do crying, Abba, Father. Let's see. I'm crying. All right, I'm trying to look up children. For whom God says, it's the comforter. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth was proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's the spirit that's in you. And if the children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if we... It's so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. That's pretty good. That's uh Yeah. That's part of who we are now in him and that's why he's our father. And to those that never had a father, well, you didn't have a, maybe a human father. But you have you've also had a father that has carried you. Like my son right now doesn't have me right now as his father. You know what I mean? I don't just because of uh let people know out there if you still can keep this in prayer. We pray for my son Ozzy. Uh, his name is Ozzy. And uh, <clears throat> right now I can't. Ra- I, he's probably right now seven, and uh, I I only get to see him three times, and it's not just by your his life? mother. When, what? Yeah. What? In your life? In your whole life? Yeah. I, mean, I have seen him when. Uh, yeah, when I found out I was his father. I, CPS will let me have him, full custody of him, when I came forward to, you know, he was my son. I said, well, I have, that's my responsibility. It's a long long story. But if you could just pray for his mother, who doesn't have him also, but he is uh, with two lesbians. Oh, no. So I'm letting everybody else know that. You keep that in there. Um, So you keep him in prayer, and I I, I really don't know who these two ladies are. So... um, you know, they, we might, be we warm. they might be warm and loving people and pretty good parents, but it's that's not the kind of, of situation no. we want to raise a child in. I yeah, mean, they're, wanna, they're probably really nice people. Yeah, actually, no. they, weren't, they, they, oh. they weren't really nice to me. They were spiteful, and, uh, oh. of course, they were rich, and they really, I mean, I stepped forward to take my son, and I was a threat because I'm his blood father. <laughs> And right. they wanted, you know, it's a it's a weird long story. It's just they their sin is, is the cause of me not being their father. And I don't have, you know, people are like, well, what are you doing now if you're going to go fight them? And where have you been? And I said, well, how, you know, I've appealed, I've done whatever, done what I can. I, I, you know, look, I don't have the money to fight for them, and they do. If you keep praying for your son or your daughter that's in a situation like that. God's not gonna ignore you. He's gonna. He's God's sovereign, even over even over those kinds of situations. And God will God will deliver, you know, and uh, keep that person, keep that boy or girl from harm, even though he's in that situation. I really believe that. If you keep continually praying, you know. Yeah, that's a good prayer request. Okay, so let's pray for uh, let's uh, um, Jesus. Um, please uh, take care of uh, Rick's son, Ozzy. 
and protect him and keep him safe in that environment and and uh protect him from getting a reprobate mind from that situation and protect him from um put a shield around him to keep him from influences um from dark uh spirits and dark situations and and uh misguided people and uh bring him back to Rick, Lord. Um in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So all right. Oh no, we have it right down to that situation. Now to little flock. <laughs> what does he mean what by little, little flock? flock? Yeah. What does that mean? Little flock. Hey, little is flock. That because, is that because we're all kinda of like children? Well, listen to this. There's two ways it means. This also means we are little in size, little in faith, little in love, little in strength, little in righteousness, little in knowledge. Praise God, it has nothing to do with our greatness, or we would be in big, big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling my wife the other day. I was telling my wife the other day. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Go ahead. That's Psalm 23. and uh, Psalm 23. You know, the famous psalm. Everybody knows, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We said it earlier. And as we continue to cross-reference that verse, from, and we use Blue Letter Bible, everybody, which is our favorite, right? Blue yeah. Letter Bible. Love blueletterbible.org. Everybody, blueletterbible.org. It's a really good little site. Oh, there. And got good commentaries by Matthew Henry, who's one of the great one, Puritan. Matthew Henry is really good. And so, learn how to use the site. Yeah, and it's pretty learn how to use buttons. Learn how to and learn how to when you're. That's the biggest thing, you know. I know for me, when I was first reading the Bible back in the '80s, I just I didn't know. I couldn't understand the Bible and these certain lot of verses. I just was couldn't understand it. Couldn't find anybody explain it to me. Now we've got all these resources. If you have an internet connection, you just go to blueletterbible.org and these verses that you can't understand and you don't know what they mean and you want to know, there's just so many resources of people that will explain it to you. You can listen to it on audio or you can read it, you know, and see all the different points of view, what the different commenta- commentators think of this verse. You're not little fuck. Is your father's compatriot to give you the kingdom. You got, tell me, old thou, whom my soul loveth, is a song of Solomon, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turns aside by the flocks of thy companions? So, it is a, it's a little flock in the sense that what is that what is that famous scripture, you know? Broad and wide is the way that leadeth to destruction, but narrow No, narrow and low is the way that leadeth to eternal life. And few that what? Find it? Now what does that mean? Why how many would you say percentage wise does that mean? It's not that always just bothered me. That's it's few. It's, he just said few that find it. Yeah, that's, 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 there's something, everybody, I want you guys, everybody who's listening to know. That's a verse that Johnny is kind of uh, a little upset about because if it's few, can I be one of those people? Am I? I'm constantly wondering, am I one yeah, of those very few? I mean, and what's the, per, what's the per, 
percentage, you know, out of 100 people, what does few mean? And how hard is it to be one of the few? And Or how easy is it? And what do you have to do? You already know the answer. Very I know. Earlier, right? Yes, we it's know. Like, if you're not part of that, then, you know, it's like Petrian said in the song, you know, will my name be there when the books are open? Will my name be found where the books are open? And he says, you better know now, don't just be hoping. You, you know, are you, be sure of your faith. You know? And, yeah. That's a, and that's he a says, huge and issue. Q, he says, so the last shall be first and the first shall be last. For many, for many be called, but few chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. He says it twice in Matthew 20 and Matthew, Matthew 2, 4. He says it there in, you know, uh, Matthew 7. So he says it a, a couple of times. And he also does the, the kingdom of heaven be like an unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took their oil and their vessels with their lamps. You know, while the bridegroom tarried, they, they all slumbered and slept. And again, he says, uh, then said one to him, Lord, are there few that be saved? That's what Johnny just said. And he said to them, strive to enter into the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then, you sh then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught us in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. He, he goes on. What is it? So what, what are the qualifications for somebody where Jesus will say, I know you not? How do you fit into that mold? Well, Isaiah also cried concerning Israel. Though a number of the children of Israel be the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For a remnant? Now, this is Romans 9.27, 9.28. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabaoth has left us a seed, we we have been as Sodoma and been made like Gomorrah. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. There's a requirement. Wherefore, oh. because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Romans 11.5 says, For even so, at this present time, there is also a remnant according to the election of grace. Romans 11.6, And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. And here's the other requirement you talk about, Romans 12.12, 12, And be not conformed to this world, but ye may be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Ephesians 2, when times pass, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our converse, converse, conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, which sometimes were disobedient. This is First Peter 3.20. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. And then, lastly, is First Peter 3.21, adding, The light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, all those scriptures, if you want to, you know, you know, reverse back to find out the whole thing. This is what it means by the few and few. You know, for many are called, but few are chosen. And then, show, and then it goes on to all the parables too. This is just all cross-reference. You know, the whole verse is narrow. You know, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Well, it actually means narrow and low too. You know that. Johnny? No, I did not know that. Narrow and low, like you have to crawl through. Narrow and low. I heard it. It was done by Jonathan Edwards. Was talking about it. it's not just narrow, but it's narrow and low is the actual word. So you know it's narrow and low. Jonathan Edwards wrote about it. It's that it's not just going to a narrow place. It's also on our hands and knees because you know is that what it comes to is Jesus the Lord of your life, not just your Savior. Is He the Lord of your life? Is he truly the Lord of your life? Because it's first he should be your Lord of your life before he is your Savior, you know? And, uh, you know, we always call, oh, yeah, you can save me, Jesus, save me. Oh, yeah, I've been saved. But is he your Lord and is he your master? Are you his footstool, you know? And people want to say, oh, is that my enemy? He says, he will make an enemy the footstool of thy feet. Are you his footstool? And as as it once says, it is better to be at the footstool in the dust of his feet than than living in this world. As one Christian has said, and martyrs have said, I'd rather be his footstool in the dust of the Lord than be at the dust of the world. And go to the dust of torment to where everybody's going. So he's got to remember that it's fear not little flag for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the only requirement is what is to trust and obey and believe yeah. <clears throat> trust in Jesus it means your whole life is his now he is your life you have been crucified with Christ it's no longer you or I who lives but it's Christ who lives within us we are now his and you are his. If you're right now listening to this, you are his now. Or you can be. You know? And all you have to do is ask. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. That's what Jesus says. Ask him. Ask him now. Ask him if yeah, he's ask, real. Don't wait. Don't wait. Ask him if he's real. And whatever prayer is going to come out of you, you know, some say believe in the sinner's prayer. You know, there's a certain prayer. There's not. It's a prayer of your heart. And if you're in that point right now where you don't, you know, if it's real, you can always ask Jesus to ask you. But you know, you know right from wrong. And you know you sin against him as we do. We have sinned against him fully. And there's nothing good in us. 
But then when Christ comes in us, there will be that good finally. And it will be his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. The kingdom will be within. So either you're going to be sitting on the throne of your heart and you're going to perish, or you're going to, or you're going to be letting Jesus be the Lord of your life and sit on the throne of your heart while he breaks up the fallow ground to make you new and whole. And he puts his, his spirit into you and gives you a new heart of flesh. And then you enter in the kingdom into the joy of the Lord. Or you don't. And you choose, you know, not to be with him. And you choose the uh, world's layout, you know. You know, God gave us that free agency to make that decision. And you're at that decision right now. Just don't put it off. They say don't put it off because tomorrow's never guaranteed. You could die in a car you know, a car accident or you can you can get hit by, you know, a boomerang from Australia. You never know. <laughs> ah. Yeah, we yeah. quickly could just nail you with a boomerang. Yeah, yeah. But, but all in all, study these things. Keep these in mind. Rewind the tape. Learn some of the scriptures that were given tonight and uh, or uh, on the show for me and Johnny. And, you know, here's, it's time. It's time for you to make that decision. It's time for you to, you're standing between, you know, right now between the foundations of the world. You're standing before God and his throne right now. You're in the presence of it. And uh, you're either going to say, you know, want to be glorified and satisfied in him, or you're going to be, you know, separated. Forever separated. And you don't even know what that's like. No, it would be the worst it's, thing ever. We don't even know what that like that separation's like, and no, why would you ever want to find out? Is your sin is your sin that important? Is yourself that That's important? That's a good question. Is your sin that important? Is the stuff you're doing that important? The trade for your eternal the trade for your eternal soul. Is it worth a trade for your... We're all going to die. You're not going to live here. It's temporary. Yep. But with Christ, it's everlasting. And it won't, it'll be the joy that you're looking for. And you can have that joy right now. And it will never be taken away. No matter if you're ill, you're sick, if something drastic happens to you, you'll still have that joy. And even though at the moment you may not doing a drastic trial or tribulation, but yes, you will. Take the martyrs, for instance. People died for this faith more than any other so-called faith there ever has been in the world. This is the only true faith. It is. There's no other way. Jesus said, There's I am no the other way. way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one goes to the Father. But by me. But by me. And it, what is it? It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To those that, you know. Because Jesus loves you, my friend. Jesus just loves you so much and wants to help you out. And right now he's calling you and he's choosing you. But God also, for his good pleasure, gave you that ability to choose him or not. And because he didn't want to create a race of robots. Yeah, just don't remember that. There's an appointed time of our death. That's the appointed time. After this, the judgment. And you're going to stand before God either in the congregation with the righteous 
Are you going to perish with the wicked? That's it. You, you can go back to Psalm 1 and read it. That's the whole plan of life, of this temporary life. You can either, you know, stand in the congregation with the righteous forever and oh, not knowing. We don't know what it's going to be like. We can't even imagine what it's going to be like. And Paul couldn't even utter it. Or you can go and find the other thing that cannot even be uttered as well. And you'll never it's know. It's very simple, you know, that, you know, to inherit the kingdom of God, it's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for Jesus. You can't earn it. It's a free gift. You just have to, you just have to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And it's not a religion, like I said before. It's a relationship with Jesus. You know, he becomes your best friend, the person that guides you. And your counselor, you know, and the person that's there when you're lonely and when you're sad, you know, it's a relationship with Jesus. And then you have that. Yeah, then you have that desire for him. So as you guys keep listening, thank you for listening to the Iron Shows. We got to probably wrap this up. The sites you want to go to if you're listening to DesireDickGod.org, MidCityCF.ning.com. Or whatever, John, do you have any sites that we could send people to also? Bob George, RealAnswers.net, and, um, and um, World of Prophecy. Just World of Prophecy, go in there, be a member, uh, worldofprophecy.com. Uh, Rick and I are there. We hang out. I'm Johnny the Longshoreman. That's my username. And I'm and, uh, Jesus. Yep, Rick's Lions for Jesus. And you hang out with uh, Rick and Johnny, you know, sometimes. And uh, also, you know, um, please send us your emails, uh, rick at ironshow.com, johnny at ironshow.com. Give us your ideas and give us your ideas and suggestions. And And if you need help or if you need some troubles or you need some things answered, I'll be glad to look them up for you. And I'll be glad to help. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, if you you maybe want to come on the show, if you got, uh, did you write a book? Maybe you wrote a book or... Maybe, uh, you know, you're a new Christian, and we'd like to get on the show, a new Christian on the show who yeah. just became a Christian and wants to know some answers and stuff. And I think that would be good, well, you know. And, you know, if you want to have fun and be wacky with us, because we're still wacky guys. And, uh, <laughs> and we like to wacky. I know I'm wacky. Wacky so we go, We'd like to have fun, too. And so just come on board and... Uh, all the things that you need to know, we're going to try to put as much things on the site to keep you interested. So let's let's close this deal and saying, Lord, thank you very much for this wonderful show and the wonderful discussion. And we just ask, Lord, that you continue to guide the souls and the saints towards you and more deep root them into your word and, and plant them by the rivers of water, Lord, so that they will prosper. Lord, and that you just continue to, to remind us and continue to heal us of our unbelief. And, uh, Lord, that you continue to let us be lights that shine to the world so others can see and be saved and uh, <clears throat> know exactly what you've done for them. And uh, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, ready? <clears throat> One, two, three. Three. Goodbye. Goodbye. Did you take care of that pimple on your cheek? <laughs>